Radio Influence. The future is now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Cramp Man and... <laughs> you don't have to worry about Fs in that one. Beans! Um, Frank. Yes. <laughs> Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney lost. Oh, I saw how embarrassing. I love the memes already. I saw this one. The, the latest meme I saw was uh, of uh, Trump rolling up to a McDonald's drive through and it was Liz handing him the bag. <laughs> Obviously, that's not it. She's a Cheney. So it's like that. But it, it was it was a great showing what little American American citizens can do. They did do. Yeah, whatever little power we have, the people of Wyoming just actually showed it. Um, she can't even like feign any sort of recognition. Like she was like defeated by a hundred percent. It was bad. I love it. It's great because like literally, and people are talking about this all over. Donald Trump single-handedly ended the dynasties of several high-profile. Neoconservative, I would argue, Republican families. It's the Bush dynasty, well, the Clinton dynasty, the McCain dynasty, and the Cheney dynasty. All of them. Great. It, it really is. It it's true. You can't take that away from him. Take a little victory lap. That's very short lived. Because if I if a lot of a couple of people said to me like, well, how do you you know her voting record? She voted. 90% of the time with with President Trump and she's very very she votes very conservative she she votes very conservative true but she's a lying two-faced dog-faced pony soldier I don't care how she votes if she got in on this January 6th thing and right. she's trying to bury trying to bury him um it just doesn't and that then that is just that's unrelated to what you may personally think about Donald Trump or anybody else um he this is ridiculous. The, so, yeah, the January sixth committee is ridiculous. Right. So if she wants to run. She wants to run for local office or something. Maybe she. Maybe yeah, who? Who knows? She could still be involved in in government. Could she? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> she might have the carpet bag like Hillary Clinton. Look, I'm just saying her voting record is nothing when you look at the character, the integrity she has. She is lying to the American people through her teeth lying to them and the January 6th committee. She has literally lied under oath or not under oath, but lied to the entire American populace without even thinking twice about it and knowingly doing it. And I say knowingly, not because of the crappy witnesses, not because the committee is illegal, but because literally she spliced up different video snippets that didn't belong together and also edited them to make them fit her narrative and played it and then narrated over it. Uh. Um, this morning she was on with some MSNBC person. When you have to campaign to Democrats to vote for you in a Republican primary, you might as well throw in the towel. Yeah, just go away. But she said, she said she's going to try and run for president on what ticket? The war, war criminal party. She had the the guy who's doing all like the production for the January 6th committee, who's supposedly a personal friend of hers at her campaign, like to record everything that was going on in her loss for some reason. Who knows why? But she also, listen to this. Ready? Oh my gosh. 
The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. No. No. No, don't, Don't do that. Can I keep playing it? Go ahead. Lincoln ultimately prevailed. He saved our union. And he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Speaking at Gettysburg of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. As we meet here tonight, that remains our greatest and most important task. <laughs> it's almost worse than the, the, the ad she put out. She's comparing yeah. herself to Lincoln. I mean, first of all, Lincoln won the Electoral College with less than 40% of the popular vote nationwide um, because it was just, well, I, I mean, that was his re-election, I believe. So, oh, no, 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 no. That, that wasn't his re-election. I doubt it. There might even be one less. I have no clue. Anyway, I'm not a big fan of Lincoln as as it is. And for her to go and try to invoke him is so ridiculous. When you've lost, what was it? She lost by 70 something percent. I think more? it was like 65. She, you so, you yeah. lose by 65 percent in the least populous state in the union for a congressional seat. And you think that that is going to translate nationwide. You're a joke. And we all know what family you come from. Yeah, nobody forgets that, do we? Nobody forgets that. You can't, you can't. She can change her name and her father still is on her face. <laughs> he looks like, yeah, I know. And she's, he, she, she's dick and drag. You know what else? Her buddy, Adam Kinging, Kinzinger, came out yesterday or today. It was yesterday. Oh, oh he finally came out? Yeah, you want to hear it? <laughs> you want to hear I love sure. you. Hold on. But the bottom line is, I think this is sending a very strong message that this isn't your dad's Republican Party anymore. This isn't a party that's committed to truth. This is a party <laughs> that's committed to conspiracy. Mark and your your prior uh, your guest had said something about you know people in Congress now don't really believe it. I, I I don't think they do believe the big lie and the conspiracies. What I worry about is the next generation of people that have just been elected. They're going to be here next year. They do believe these conspiracies. That's very frightening. Cool, cool, man. They believe the. Cons- I said, anytime you say the, the, they say baseless or debunked before the word conspiracy, it's true. Yeah. The, the, like he's worried that the people coming in actually believe what's happening before us is happening. They're, he's worried about that. Oh, yeah. man. Yep. Well, what what is his primary? He's not running again. Oh, he okay. Yeah. Okay, so he he's saving himself the embarrassment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he, for, that's smart. Good he, for him. He knows better. He knows better. And you know, we have um, at the same time as this is going on, the well, you know what? Let me before I jump into that, let me play Ron DeSantis from yesterday. This is something here. And what was right now, people are doing, looking at the, the research, are saying, oh, man, the masks uh, will hurt the kids. Now, we we banned the masks in Florida um, uh, with, with the legislature, with the Parents' Bill of Rights and, and, and other actions. But, you know, the reality is that was not grounded in data. 
It was not grounded in evidence. It was basically the current thing. You know, people would put in their Twitter profile a mask and a, and a, and a syringe, and that was like their identity. <laughs> And it was ridiculous. They lied to us about the mRNA shots. They said, if you take it, you will not get COVID. That is false. That is not true. And they continue to say, even now when the evidence is so overwhelming, uh, that not only is that not true, people that have multiple boosters, you know, you're, a, you're definitely at risk of getting it. There's no question about that. So, so it's just time and time again, I think you've seen ideology placed over over data and evidence. And then what happens is, is that they will say something like, okay, six weeks of masks will end COVID. So that's what they claim. It doesn't happen. And then what they'll do is they will kind of move the goalposts and say, well, you know, only 95% wore it. So now, and they will constantly uh, try to shift because they will never admit that their ideology was was incorrect. So that's very, very dangerous when you're looking at all these things. Uh, and it's it's true. And I think that was always the the stupidest thing about the the vaccine push was that the, the her, her, you remember for a couple of um, a couple of months there everybody was going back and forth and trying to redefine what herd immunity was and what the number the critical mass number of herd immunity was whether or not they got it from a uh, a shot or whether they got it from natural infection and recovery and and they insisted no 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 we need to get as close to 100% as possible, which once they started saying that, and that was pretty early on when the, the vaccine started coming up in conversation, you knew this was never going to go away uh, uh, politically because, A, you're never going to inoculate 100% of an 8 billion person planet. And as soon as you were, let's say you were able to get everybody one shot at the same time or one shot in a certain period of time, by the time you got everybody shot up, It'd be time for the booster again. And then you have to do 100 percent all over because they said if you're not sufficiently boosted, you are considered unvaccinated. So it was always going to be endless. It was just a it was a suppression tactic to keep people in their homes and to keep their uh, their their new election system in their in their control. You know, it's a perfect time to tell everybody what we've got going on on Friday, Frank. Yes. A. An amazing interview with Dr. Peter McCullough for Friday because he's got a new book out um, and the book is I've read a couple chapters of it now and it's really, really good. It's called The Courage to Face COVID. And I, I just the, he, we talk about all of this from the the ideological perspective of it to the to the science behind it or lack thereof and the quiet push now. Like DeSantis said, they'll never admit their ideology was wrong. And it wasn't science. It was ideology. And then we had the White House coronavirus director come out. I think it was yesterday and say this. Listen to this. This this should make everybody's blood boil. Like they so calmly come out and say this. We've had, uh, tells us that there's a really new way of thinking about who is going to get infected. We used to spend a lot of time talking about six feet of distance, 15 uh, minutes of being together. There's a new way, Frank. There's a new way that no one else has ever thought of here. You know, we realize that's actually not the right way to think about this. That's not the, the kind of the most accurate way to think about this. Um, what we know about this virus, particularly um, these very contagious subvariants that are out there right now, is it's really about the quality of air you're breathing around you in a crowded indoor space with poor ventilation. You can get infected within minutes. If you're outdoors, 
um, with obviously by definition good ventilation, uh, you can be outside for long periods of time and not get infected. So context matters, crowds matter, ventilation matters. That is a, a major new update in the CDC guide. That's a major new update. So no more masking outside on our morning jogs? Uh, I, I guess not. Alone in our cars? Well, that I mean, that's not going to that's not going to mean anything to some of the people that live around me. The mask is the new yarmulke. That's just what it is. And it's, just, it's it's a it's a, re- it's a religious ar- article. And you know, um, Taylor Lorenz is probably one of the most brainwashed of all of the people that I've ever seen in my life. I saw her response to the CDC update, and it, 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 do you have the, the tweet? No, but we can pull it up because it's worth talking about. Okay, hold on a second. She's out of her mind insane. Like, it's not even, it's it's almost not even okay to laugh at her because she's so brainwashed and she really means it. She isn't like making this up. It's not an act for her. Hold on a second. Because she always blocks everything so that nobody can say anything to her because she can't be criticized. She's a, she's a, she's a very, very deeply disturbed girl. Very oh. de- deeply disturbed. She said something, she was like speaking in first person too. About uh, she was very upset that the CDC was was saying that uh, the, the guidelines for vaccinated and unvaccinated are are the same now, and she's like, "What about you know what, you know those of us who are are disabled or sick? What what are we supposed to do? Just stay inside while the world goes on?" Yeah, and, and I'm like, "Listen, but I mean Taylor, having weird ears isn't a disability. That's number <laughs> one, but number two, that's the way it is." I mean, that's the way it always was. If you are a high risk group for one thing or another that may be going around at a certain time, you need to take personal precautions, either call out, get a doctor's note, whatever the hell you need to do to make yourself a little bit safer. You got to do that while the world, while people who are ready, able and healthy enough to work uh, support the economy. (laughs) They're, They're so they want everybody home. Watching Netflix and eating Uber Eats that they want that she's she's not she does not want the uh, the, the 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 good days the good old days of being locked down like a loser to end they don't want it they're like they're like a Robert Duvall in Platoon someday this war is going to end but it and they don't want it to end she tweets way too much I'm still scrolling through her damn Twitter and you can't reply to anything she says on Twitter nope. It's all blocked, the people she mentions in her tweet. She just wants her little platform to, to you know, bark at the world and nobody can um, can say anything. Come on. Where is it? Jesus, she's got a loud mouth. Oh, my Lord. I think you CDC here. Here. Here it is. You got, I it. got it. Read it. Yeah. Went to my history. Uh, so the C- NPR on August 11th said breaking CDC guidelines have been revised and COVID rules have been relaxed. The new guidance lifts the requirements to quarantine if exposed to the virus, de-emphasizes screening people with no symptoms, which, I mean, the, the WHO told us that within the first couple of weeks that, uh, you know, the, the non-symptomatic spread was impossible uh, and updates COVID-19 protocols in schools. She, quote, tweeted it and said, literally, what is the plan for high-risk, medically vulnerable and disabled people? Just let us die while the world marches on like WTF. How so, many of those people are there, just first of all? Don't know. I don't know. And how did I, they survive I, before this? 
I'm pretty sure that Taylor Lorenz not does not have one tweet that has anything to say about what high-risk people were doing during flu season in 2019 or earlier. I, 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 I'm, I will put most of the money I have on that. That she now has one tweet prior to 2019 about the fact that nobody, at, people at large, are not being locked inside because flu season has arrived and there are old sick people with pre-existing conditions that may be affected by the flu more than others. There's a there's another tweet she put underneath that. There's a couple. She yeah. says the same people complaining nonstop about the mental health cost of lockdowns, even though we never had full lockdowns and having to wear masks are perfectly happy to force disabled people to stay locked away forever or keep an N95 glued to their face every time they step into public. Well, what would stop a, a disabled or already sick person from not having to wear a mask for I mean there's always been my entire life you go to a you go to a, a I mean you have to have these memories too I know that we don't live in China but if you go to JFK because you're going on vacation I mean I would say one in every 125 people had a medical mask on and I always thought oh the poor person's probably sick that maybe they're going through chemo or something like that People wear them. People do this stuff on their own. They always have. I've seen so. that before. Absolutely. Especially in doctor's offices where there's a lot of elderly people there that, you know, some of them do wear masks. We know now that that's kind of pointless because there's been more mask science in the past three years than anything else on, on the planet. Um, but even her N95 glued to her face isn't going to work. So yeah, sorry. She, well, she has three more short tweets. She says, even if you wear an N95 everywhere. One way masking policies leave vulnerable people at risk. Uh, no, act, well, not according to not according to the what's your call, Leanna Wen. One way masking is something that keeps the person wearing the mask safer, which is the only thing that matters. She's been quiet lately. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there's nothing else to say. She's debunked everything, everything she used to sell. Uh, say say there's a tiny gap in your mask. You have to remove your mask at airport security or take a sip of water to say nothing of the countless other mitigation measures our leaders have ignored. Taylor, you're, you're really sick. Disabled, medically vulnerable people shouldn't have to risk their lives to participate in society, <laughs> uh, nor are most. So, so once again, what, what are you asking, Taylor, that that healthy people walk around in a, in a beekeeper suit? <laughs> What what are you talking about? You dis you you are you are the epitome of disabled. She's, Taylor, she's terrible. The epitome of disabled. There's one more tweet, but it doesn't matter. She's terrible. Um, and you know, there's a lot of uh, celebrating going on. Um, a lot of celebrating going on. People are saying like because. You know, all of the restrictions are leveling out. P you know, people aren't mandated to get vaccination in a lot of places anymore. They've lifted all that stuff. We are the you know, we stayed strong. We are the control group that they never wanted to keep existing because now we can point out, you know, just how terrible this actually was and raise awareness and blah, blah, blah. And as all that talk is going on, more data from the Pfizer document trial uh, trial trial document are coming out. And my, oh, my, how terrible. Uh, Michelle had a column yesterday that the F, the title, the title says it all, but there's more. The FDA knew 44% of pregnant women in Pfizer trials suffered miscarriages. What, 44? 44%. Wow. Um, 
After women lost their babies in the trial, the billion-dollar big pharma giant reported that the heartbreaking miscarriages were unrelated to the trial. They discovered, the Daily Clout team that's doing the work, discovered the deceit by scouring through the thousands upon thousands of trial documents released each month that form the rationale behind the FDA's EUA and subsequent, quote, approval of the vaccine product, in quotes, everything. Um, The women were listed in the listings of subjects reporting pregnancy after dose one. They each received between one and four doses of mRNA. 42 received the trial drug right away, eight received the placebo, and then were unblinded and given the vaccine, which, um, what the hell? By March 31st, 2021, all of the pregnant women in the trial, there were 50, had received Pfizer's version of its experimental vaccine. And they note these miscarriages as serious adverse events with moderate or severe toxicity ratings, but then... They're reported as being unrelated to the trial, having other causes and marked as recovered or resolved as though they were a headache that went away. Wow. I mean, 44 percent is isn't isn't is incredible. I mean, see that right there. That is a horrific. That's a horrific uh, statement. That's a horrific publishing of of information. That's something that uh, Taylor Lorenz should be very upset about. And be and should be reporting on. Instead, instead she she's she's upset that everybody everybody's being allowed to uh, handle their health however they want. She, she's upset that we aren't all double, triple, quadruple vaccinated. Right is what she's upset about. And hey, we hey by by the way, yes. just we we should really congratulate each other. For what? Oh, we're getting. I mean, we we did it. We did what? It, it, it's two 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 and a half years. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know some people have had gone through difficulty, changes at work, changes in employment, firing, sequester, whatever the hell it was. But if you if you held out, I mean, you did something very, very good for yourself. And it, and, it, and the rest of us. Yeah. If you held out, you really did something amazing. It's and something congratulations. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, it's true. It really is true. Uh, trillions of dollars in global advertising flung in your face and you said no. The amount of, yeah, the amount of strength and courage that all of you facing absolutely enormous life-changing adversity had to say no in the face of this absolute abject tyranny is commendable. I'm sorry. It just is. So. Yeah. And, go ahead. No, because what you just read, it's... It's, it's indicative of the kind of of the kind of uh, data that is going to be published over the next few years. And to, to think that this may not be the worst of it, even though 44 percent, 44 percent is just incredible when it comes to pregnancies. Almost half. That's almost. Yeah, that's 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 horrific. And to think that this may not be the worst piece of data that we collect. No, you want to hear a little bit of Naomi, uh, Dr. Wolf on. uh Bannon? Yeah. That you compiled, because I, I, you're, you're like uh, Miles and and, uh, and and Steve Cortez and all the people. I said, hey, just go back and look at the tracker of what they said, the evidence they put forward, and it all turns out to come true. Walk us through what your research, how has it led you to this point? Yeah. Well, let me share um, the 
the latest Pfizer uh, documents report because there's been news about that. Um, you all may remember that I shared with you all last week or so that uh, the America First Legal FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request, uh, released 268 pages showing that the CDC had colluded with Twitter and Google and YouTube and Facebook to deplatform people, including me, for early on um, breaking this very serious story about women having menstrual harms when they were injected. Well, predictably, and I've been screaming and yelling about this for over a year, predictably that is going to result in harms to fertility. And now the Pfizer volunteers, these 3,500 experts, have uh, put up a new report about a 44% um, spontaneous abortion or miscarriage rate in the Pfizer documents. And I will walk you through that report, but before I do, I will say that that was posted this morning on Daily Clout Twitter, which they hadn't bothered to ban yet. And with immediately Twitter- Immediately Twitter bans them. She's a very slow speaker, but she gets into it. It's linked in the article if you want to watch it. Um, they can't ban everybody away because these other platforms are exploding. I'm sorry. And you know what? They banned Trump from Twitter and everybody's copying and pasting his stuff from truth and putting it on Twitter anyway. Now, here's what I don't understand. First of all, if he if he wins again, they have to let him back on Twitter, right? I have no idea. But I, I guess they, they kicked him off while he still was president. So there was a development in the Elon Musk lawsuit against Twitter. We can talk about that if you want. Well, let me ask you first, um, what what do you think the argument coming from social media tech companies are going to be when it when it pertains to the rationale for censorship when it's people like her or anybody else that has been kicked off or or or, you know, muted on any platform for reaching the conclusion and seeing clearly what everybody right now is starting to conclude. I mean, they already they always knew they were running an operation. Obviously, they had to take this plane in slowly for a descent because they had timelines to manage, multiple timelines, election timelines, whatever the hell it is. Um, so, I just can't wait to see what people are, what the companies are going to do to uphold all their bans for people talking about things that now they have to admit has been true. Well, is it just is it going to be? Well, you you were just assuming, whereas we were waiting for someone with a, some authoritative source to publish what you already knew. Uh, what was it? You just happened to be lucky in being right about everything. What, what, what are they going to say? Well, I mean, if you're Alex Berenson and you sue Twitter, they're going to have to let you back on the platform, which is what happened to him. And in his discovery, he obtained information that like literally the White House was specifically asking Twitter to ban him, the White House. So now he's suing Joe Biden. That is against the law. The White House was reaching out to a social media platform with a specific target, even a wide swath or a broad brush and saying, you need to get rid of this guy. He can't keep talking. Can you can you? So what are they going to do? I don't know. Somebody's going to have to hold them accountable when they're whenever there's accountability. We'll have some answers, but we haven't seen any for anything. Yeah. Except Alex Berenson settled with Twitter and he's I think he was a lot back on the platform. Yeah. You know, and I, I really haven't explored Truth Social that much. 
Um, but I post on it every day, at least my live links for when I go live and then the, the podcast the next day and then some random thoughts. Um, I, but you know, I, so I don't I don't know the criticisms that some people may have who use it and really know all the features and have tried to utilize them. But I, I think it's a I think it's been pretty solid. I mean, when I put things out, people respond immediately. Obviously, they're seeing it. Yes. With the, what little what little followers I have. But um, I do really well on on truth, really well, actually. So, hey. yeah, it, I mean, I get my message out there on truth social, that's for sure. And it's becoming what Twitter was, because like for me personally, all of the journalists that I used to interact with, once they get the DM feature going, that's going to make a world of difference because oh, they don't have DMs. Not yet. And Getter just enabled their DMs like a week or two ago, I think, or a month ago. Um, so you can DM on Getter now. And also on Getter, you can get very detailed metrics on your posts where like Twitter used to give you impressions and all that stuff. You can see that on Getter now. Um, but Truth doesn't have that. They just give you like the bare minimum re retruths and comments and likes. Um, but once they get their their messaging feature going, it's going to be amazing because then I can DM Julie Kelly and say, hey, take a look at that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's going to be a world of difference. But it's it. Great. It's been great. And, you know, there are some arguments about it. Like the AI is still like going out and policing truths. So like if I were to use the word kill babies, it would not post my my truth because I said kill and they need to like further investigate what I'm talking about. Mm. So like I'd post a truth talking about Roe v. Wade being overturned and use the words kill babies and my truth just would disappear. So I would have to like recraft it because it goes into some like sent, you know, queue somewhere that somebody needs to review. Well, but other than that and the sensitive content warning that goes over some people's stuff, that's gotten much better. I barely see that anymore. Like, for example, attorney Jason Greaves posted a meme yesterday. It is the attorney, uh, the lawyer, the judge, I'm sorry, Reinhardt in the, the, the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid warrant. And he's got the picture of him, the real picture of him holding a bottle of tequila and vanilla Oreos. I'm sure you've seen. Oh, 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 yeah, the one with uh, that he's getting his feet rubbed by <laughs> just Ghislaine. Ghislaine, yeah. <laughs> and that would typically have been under a sensitive content warning, but now it's not. So it's not it's not a real photo, right? No, no, I, no, no. I I thought that that was just too ridiculous. Oh yeah, I I there are some people who actually believe that it's true. Right. And I hope that people will, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that relationships like that don't exist. I just think that the timeliness and just the overt. Oh, there's the judge getting his feet rubbed by, you know, and that having that not be seen until now. Or, so I, I just know, OK, well, this is just a little bit too much. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's pretty good, though. Made me laugh yeah. a little bit. I guess we'll we'll shift. We'll shift our. Focus right now to um, the Trump Mar-a-Lago saga. And uh, look, I discovered a, a couple of things. We'll start here. I was in the Trump Rico case, the civil case he's got against everybody and their mother down in Florida. And yeah. Do you remember when everybody started talking about the fact that James Comey's name was actually spelled corny? Uh, in, in a where was that? I remember the corny print. But where was that? Where did that appear? In a, in a Horowitz IG report. Corny. 
Yeah, I remember, I remember it. Yes. Now, if you look at your keyboard and you try to type the word corny, it's nothing like Comey. Right. It, you can't do it by accident. Yes, R, R and M are separated by a few letters. Many. Like, you don't just say, oops, corny. No, I would say Coney, maybe, but corny, no. So if you look at the R and the N next to each other, depending on a font, they look like an M. So I guess what they, I don't know what their, their reasoning ever was behind this. It was, it was written about extensively. Real Clear Investigations had an article on it. It was, at the time, people were saying it was to avoid FOIA because people wouldn't be asking for corny as a result, they would be asking for Comey and then it wouldn't return. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I found in the docket, like the judge ruled on a motion in this docket and whoever typed in the it was an order. And it says the United States is substituted as a defendant for James Corney, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page and Kevin Kleinsmith. Defendants, James Corney, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page and Kevin Kleinslip. So they're continuing. Yes. Continuing using that name. Why? What everybody else is just as everybody else is just as important to this as, you know, as he is. So why is he the only one getting a moniker? I have no idea why they would type James Corney twice in this order. Hmm. Very, very weird. I don't have answers. I saw it. I said, wait a second. This this is very familiar. And I put it out there because that is something that you just don't like. That is weird. Yeah. So there's that. That's separate and apart from all the rest. And then when go back a week, which feels like a decade, when the Mar-a-Lago raid happened and everybody was trying to figure out who signed the warrant. And then we got a tip that it was Reinhardt and Miranda Devine went with it first. Then I actually got it confirmed that he had signed the warrant. And so people scoured the dockets in South Florida to find out what other things were under Reinhardt that could potentially be related to it. And there was another case on the docket that also had a sealed search warrant on it on the same day that people were not sure, is it this one or this one? Because there were two of them. So the, this guy from the Times Union in Albany did a letter motion asking for them to unseal the warrant because of the great public interest and in the letter motion, he discusses the raid on Mar-a-Lago, what they did, how it was in the public interest for everybody to see why. And he filed the letter motion on two different dockets, both of them sealed, both of them by Judge Reinhardt, both of them on the same day. One of them ended in 332, one of them ended in 338. The judge allowed both of them to stand and he ordered the government to respond by August 15th at 5 p.m., right? So the government responded. Now, all the other stuff happened in the interim, right? The government said, we're going to, you know, unseal the search warrant and the inventory. And on the 332 docket, the whole media world jumped on that to also argue for disclosure of all this stuff. So it was Judicial Watch, the MSNBC, the New York Times, CNN, the Washington Post, like every media organization, every interested party. The docket is ridiculously convoluted. But this other 338 case only had this one letter motion on it. Nobody was over there filing on that case at all. When the DOJ responded to that letter motion they were required to respond to, they said, I should probably just read it to you because it's very important. Yeah, I guess. Um, hold on. Here it is. The undersigned assistant 
United States attorney hereby respectfully request that the court deny the letter motion filed by the Times Union of Albany, New York, to unseal the warrant in this matter. Now, they're talking about not the Mar-a-Lago raid matter, the other one that he was also referencing. So again, he filed this letter on both of them because he had no idea which was which, or he had a tip about what I'm about to say. The letter motion seeks unsealing of records relating to the search of the residence of former President Donald Trump in Palm Beach, Florida, and references two case numbers. The government has already moved to unseal materials related to the warrant invoking involving the residence of former President Trump under case number 22MJ8332. The above-captioned warrant, case number 22MJ8338, concerns an ongoing investigation that is completely unrelated to the subject matter of the other warrant and the letter motion to unseal. Mm. Accordingly, this warrant should remain sealed and the letter motion denied in this case. They have another case open, Frank. Okay. All right. Uh. Woohoo! Two cases against President Trump criminally in South Florida. That's just in Florida. Yep. Because you know that the the entire legal apparatus in New York still seems to want to ki- kill him. Yeah. And then where else? Well, dude, isn't there another state um, that, that there are things moving? I mean, he's got a litany of civil suits against him. A litany of them. I don't I don't know where else he such might a, have. Such a travesty. So ridiculous. So, yeah, it is. And so since then, there have been several interested parties that have appealed the original. Like, so the FBI said on the other case, the one we all know about, they said the U.S. attorney said, you know, what, we're not going to unseal the affidavit. It could greatly jeopardize future investigation, um, tamper the, you know, the ability of people to come forward with information, all the normal BS that you hear. And again, there's a chance if they don't charge him with something, we'll never, ever see that. It'll never see the light of day. They'll just be able to do this, keep it under seal and never, ever show it to anybody. And so the judge um, immediately ruled that the that the um, the, they were ordering it to, to remain sealed. They didn't want it to be released. Then the appeals started coming in. And then the judge said, we're going to have a hearing on Thursday, which is tomorrow at 1 p.m., to make sure, you know, to get both sides to to plead their cases. And then I'll rule on whether or not to unseal the affidavit. And he also made sure to tell everybody masks are required in the courtroom uh, in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. and, well, good. Yeah. Good. At least we know that they're all going to be safe. I know. I mean, you can't catch COVID in that courtroom. You know, At least they're all going to be nice and healthy. Um, that leads us into Michigan and what's coming out of Michigan and, and a Julie Kelly article that I shared. And I said, I'm sad. I'm sad to say that. I agree with Julie Kelly. I wish, I hope she's wrong. I don't want this to be true. Yeah. But she said it's inevitable Trump will be indicted. Americans should prepare for the spectacle of Donald Trump pleading not guilty to charges brought by the Biden Justice Department. Yep. I, I can't, I cannot see, I don't know how this would end without them indicting him for even a 1001 charge or something stupid. And all that keeps flashing into my head is James Comey standing up there before the election in 2016 saying no reasonable prosecutor would take this case. A reasonable one. And a reasonable one wouldn't take the case in which the subject, the person of interest, Hillary Clinton, committed enough crime that should have put her away for multiple life sentences. And that's that's if we just take intent out of it and just talk about negligence. No, no, no. Isn't it called? Extreme carelessness. Yes. Yes. Right. Extreme carelessness, but not only would a uh, 
a uh, only an unreasonable prosecutor pursues something like that. But the most logical thing to do would be to, to allow that person to continue to run for president. Yeah, because, you know, we like those kinds of people running for president that yeah. do things like that. What, with a cloth? <laughs> well, 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 like with a cloth? <laughs> so, oh, like we spent years talking about that. There's the, the, the Grassley sent out a 16 page letter. By the way, he put a Twitter, a tweet up the other day. He runs like four miles every morning at 4 a.m. 88 years old. Wow. Grassley. Wow. I mean, listen, this is what it comes down to for me. The worst part about watching the what's left of this country get ripped apart by these jackals in the federal government and all of their their favorite people that they want to see succeed are the morons, the gimps who think that they're getting something good out of this in the end by yeah. aligning themselves with the Jim Comey's with the mentality that allows a very specific group of people to go and to thrive and to be insulated from any and all repercussions for their actions and the others who are mercilessly targeted for the most inane things. It is so, the, the balance of power and the agenda is so clear. And to have to, to have to even read these, these, um, these comments, the fencing that's going on with your average lollipop sucking idiot that is just you know, who is all of a sudden a an expert in what what the uh, the handling of one you know presidential materials is and where Trump is wrong and how he's going he's not getting out at this time and it doesn't matter what how they align themselves and how they completely dismissed even worse things in that category of crime over the last five to six years, it doesn't matter because that's in the past now. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, you can arrest them, you can throw them away, it doesn't matter. They're not politically viable anymore. They don't care about the people that they say they care about. It's always the here and now. Keep talking about Hillary Clinton all you want. Today is today, and we have Donald Trump targeted, it, okay? It, it's that's it. It's, it's gross. Oh, it, it, it makes, it, this is why I spend so much time away from the subject matter um, it, when things like this are developing and bubbling up, we know what's going on. Perhaps you don't have all the details, but you know what's going on and you know what angles are being worked and you just can't take the insanity anymore. You're dealing with insane people on the ground who are supporting it and think that this is good. And then on the top level, you're dealing with evil people. So what, what are you, you going to do? Throw yourself in the middle of that and ruin more days of your life? Life's very short. I can't take this anymore. Kind of my job. Sorry. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm just saying this. This is what this is what consumers of media have to deal with every day, especially if you have been conscious the last however many years. That's why I, I advocate for long walks on the beach or in the forest or even just sitting outside on the grass in your backyard for at least several hours each week. I can't wait for vacation. It's going to be fun. We are going to have a great time next week. It's next week, Frank. Imagine that. I just want to read some of this because it goes over what one of these judges in the J6 trial is doing. And it, it and then we, we wrap into the Whitmer case that's ongoing now again. And what this FBI informant said, I cannot even believe that people aren't understanding what is going on over there. But this article starts a few days after federal agents stormed Donald Trump's castle in Palm Beach. Judge Beryl Howell berated a man from Georgia for his involvement in the Capitol protest on January 6th. Listen, quote. Listening without question to political rhetoric that leads to serious 
offenses, criminal conduct is not an excuse when you're standing in a court of law. Howell told Glenn Simon, a Trump supporter who pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. You've got to use your common sense and your own sense of who you are and how you'd like to conduct yourself as an American citizen before just blindly doing what a political figure says. Okay. Are you for vaccine mandates, Judge? Uh, like anyway, Howell then sentenced Simon to eight months in prison, eight months in prison for a disorderly freaking conduct charge. Eight months. The political figure to whom the judge was referring is President Trump. And Howell's not just any judge. She's the chief judge of the D.C. District Court that's overseeing at least 850 criminal cases related to the Capitol protest. Appointed by Obama in 2010, Howell doesn't disguise her partisan leanings or her contempt for Trump supporters. Howell describes the four-hour disturbance on Capitol Hill as, quote, criminal activity that is destined to go down in the history books of this country. <laughs> yeah, impartial. She has scolded prosecutors for not bringing harsher charges in January 6 cases while insisting the hundreds of thousands of Americans who protested Joe Biden's election that day had no legitimate grievance and urged the government to set damages to the Capitol at $500 million rather than the accurate figure of $1.4 million in order to significantly boost restitution fines against defendants. Howell's lectures and hostility are just a taste of what hundreds of Trump supporters have endured at the uh, courthouse in the nation's capital over the past 19 months. Even though most face low-level misdemeanor charges, judges nonetheless treat January 6th protesters like domestic terrorists while often blaming Trump for what they consider an illegal incursion into the ruling class's personal fiefdom of Washington, D.C. that day. And they are salivating at the chance to arraign Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, hey, it, you don't need to be a uh, a wonk to see what's going on here. You don't need a crystal ball. They would not go through all of this if they weren't at least going to try to push the ball past the goalpost. He, he they, 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 okay. And then we had... Before we get into Whitmer real quick, we had the um, the passport theft. Donald Trump came out and said they took my passports. They must have been in a box that they didn't know what was in the box, but they grabbed it anyway, which is completely against the law, by the way. They're not allowed to do that. They're supposed to have a very targeted exact thing they're looking for. Take that thing or things and leave. They're not allowed to just randomly pick up boxes of whatever they want and walk out the door with them. But yeah, this it, is this isn't Marshall's. <laughs> <laughs> in this box must have been three of Trump's passports, two expired, and his diplomatic freaking passport. They took them, and, and then CBS came out and said the FBI does not have Donald Trump's passports. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump's communication team released an email from the FBI saying, "Yes, we have your passports. We're returning them right now." Whoops. What even is the media? They're an arm of the intelligence community. I don't know. I, but, but I mean, but the intelligence community wasn't even willing to stand by their 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 assertions in this in this regard. So they, they just like it's, I guess they're autonomously uh, they're acting autonomous uh, autonomously in some regard that the intelligence community, which is usually acting as their handlers and their trendsetters, helps them actually write this stuff. Has to come out and say, no, no, we do. Well, they didn't come out and say it. I thought you just said the, the FBI. President Trump released an email. From the FBI. Yes. Yes. They, they were kind of mum on it, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they didn't want to they didn't want to come out and admit it, but then they they did. And here is um I think I have Liz. Yeah. Here is Liz Harrington, Trump's spokesperson on Bannon, 
talking about this. And then we're going to go to Whitmer because I'll read a short thing on Whitmer. Crazy. The days of the pathetic, corrupt, lightweight political dynasty in America are coming to an end. You listed so many of them. The Cheneys. I mean, that ad that Dick Cheney put out, I mean, sums it all up. They're so sad and demented now, and they have nothing left. The people understand what's going on. They've woken up and they're on the side of righteousness and on truth. And they support President Trump. And so all of those people went against the American people and joined the cabal and just want corruption and uh, illegitimately retained power for endless wars, for unequal trade, for open borders and ripping off the American people and taking away our constitutional rights. That's coming to an end. And that's why you see this desperation. That's why you see this illegitimate, illegal raid on the 45th president and the leader of the most popular political and peaceful, by the way, movement in American history. You know, the IRS is going to send 87,000 agents. I'm tired of hearing about the IRS sending 87,000 agents. We know it's, it's tired. Stop using that talking point. It passed. There's nothing we're going to do about it until we can unpass it which I don't even know could happen. Yeah, because um, the, the previous X amount of thousands of agents shouldn't be there either. I agreed. And, you know, more and more people are coming out and saying, they're all coming out and saying it. They're saying this is uh, time to get rid of the FBI, time to get rid of the CDC, time to get rid of, time to get rid of. I'm like, well, thank the good Lord. Now, actually, please do it. Oh, uh, yeah. I see that's the, that, that it's one of those silver line. Uh, who knows what could be done? But the great thing is seeing the shift in mindset and seeing people accept things that they thought might have been extreme. What would we do without the FBI? What are you talking about? What would you do? I, I, I imagine, imagine the breathing room <laughs> now that you realize that the FBI is not there to protect you. I am going to take a, co- a collective sigh of relief when Democrats aren't in power in this country anymore, if that day ever comes. Like, I'm... You, it's going to feel so amazing to know that at least for now, I have some protection against my government coming after me for having a thought in my brain. Yeah, well, my, yeah, well, that, that's going to take that's going to take some time uh, if, 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 it, if it's possible at all, because the ad, the what's it called? The Anthony Sabatini. You saw that Anthony Sabatini he's running for Congress in Florida. And yeah. he was he was the subject of a CNN interview uh, earlier on in the week. And uh, the CNN guy, he his his stance is we need to defund and dismantle the FBI. The CNN reporter that was talking to him had a conniption fit. Oh, say, saying, do you understand that right now in the state of Florida, the FBI is helping stop bank robbers and blah, 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 blah like it's 1867. <laughs> and uh, and, you know, people, you know, robbing trains on horseback. <laughs> but the, he, he's going on and. um and I say this is great that this is becoming more and more of a mainstream thing because they can't stop it now. And it's um, it's the only way that you're going to be able to really make things better here, because beyond the two parties, we know both parties were really trash. It's great to see the Liz Cheney's get flushed out and things like that. But beyond the parties, which is the face of the government, you have the machinery behind the clock. That is so, so incredibly that, that that's perpetual. That stays there forever. The, 
Yeah, so the bureaucracy. Yeah. The bureaucracy needs to go. It, it can out, it will outweigh and it will wait out and just sit there and plant itself and wait for the, the face of government to change to mask to mask to mask and it'll still be sitting there. So that's the only thing. That's the only way to avoid something very, very violent from happening down the line. Because now people are aware that they're living under the yoke of something that does not care about them or their safety or their liberties. And uh, and once you're a target of that, then your entire life is going to be splayed out onto a table and they will make something work to uh, to destroy you. And that's that's not a way that a free people live. So now that the uh, now that consciousness has been rightfully put there and we understand what the what's what's stacked up against us, it's the only way it's the only way. And it doesn't and it doesn't end police work. It doesn't end the pursuit of criminality, even the even the pursuit of criminality across a certain state's lines into other states. It doesn't end that. It just takes away this centralized wet blanket of tyranny that is thrown over everybody. And, Agreed. Uh, and, they, and they know that they know that. But that's why they stand by it. They, they'd rather they'd rather as a last ditch effort to keep you shut up. They, they'd rather make it look like you are bashing cops, that you hate law enforcement, even though, of course, they're the ones that have wanted to dismantle local police from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to read this real quick before we end today. Tucker Carlson breaks down how the FBI created the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot, but Kanakoa sub- summarized it great. The FBI organized, plotted, funded, controlled, and carried out a plan to kidnap Michigan's governor so they could blame the kidnapping on Trump supporters and right-wing extremists. Listen to this. The FBI paid Dan Chappell, an FBI informant, more than $60,000 in seven months and told him he needs to start assembling a group of right-wing extremists for the FBI to prosecute. The FBI made a new Facebook group called Patriot Three Percenters, and through the group, Chappell meant a broke man named Adam Fox. The FBI provided Chappell with several $5,000 limit credit cards, and they told him to give those to Fox and to tell him to spend it on guns and ammunition. Fox refused. Chappell suggested Fox and others fire rounds into the governor's mansion, but Fox and the other defendants refused. When the group started falling apart, the FBI told their informant to keep the group together, and they introduced an agent and another informant into the group who suggested that they kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the defendant. Yeah, the defendants refused, but the FBI kept pushing. Their informants drove the defendants to Whitmer's home, and then they suggested killing the governor of Virginia. On September 5th, 2020, FBI agent Chambers texted Chappell, mission is to kill the governor specifically. To pressure defendants into kidnapping the governor, the FBI used a female informant to sleep with them and get them high on drugs. (laughs) Twelve. It's it's insane. Twelve of 18 people involved with the plot to kidnap Whitmer were working for the FBI and yesterday, the dude on the stand for the after one of their informants actually testified that he was inside of the Capitol in Michigan and to, and and actually outside the Capitol, told the FBI via whatever method he had to communicate with them that they were all outside. And then the FBI instructed law enforcement to open the doors to the Capitol and let the people in. <laughs> it- you know, it's so it's so pathetic what they had to do to keep that plot together. They're setting it. No, 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 no. Come on. No, no, no. Come on, everybody. No, no. Stay in the room. Here's a are whore. You, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to shoot this building with us? Come on. No, no, no. no. Don't leave. Don't leave. Can you can you can you sleep with them, please? Do you want sex? Do you want sex? Do you want it, drugs? It so pathetic. This is so pathetic. But they're able. But but look, 
And, and again, you remember, see, we had this conversation last week. I told you about my buddy that worked inside the, the Pentagon. And when I would tell, talk to him about one conspiracy theory or another, he would dismiss so many of them out of hand and say, Frank, I work with these people. I can tell you that, that, that any coordinated event with this type of incompetency, I just can't believe is possible. They need to start reshaping their belief system. Because I mean, look at this. I mean, tell me, tell me what is competent about the operation you just read about. Um, the only thing that's been competent about it is these, is, as these innocent people are sitting in front of a jury for the second time. That's what's competent about it. Yeah. And, 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 and but, but again, the only reason why they could attempt this sloppy nonsense is because they understand they have the insulation of the judicial system the judges that you were talking about before, and the media. It's the only way they can attempt this because it is so sloppy and incompetent. It's, I, I can't believe they even, I, how do you even live with yourself? These poor people. I hope you, to. You have to send me that. I, I want to read that on tonight. Oh, I, I have a short, I have a short show tonight. I would love to read that. Well, it's hilarious. It is. It's, it's hilarious and it's sad, but it's true. I mean, it's, it, I'm sending it to you right now so I don't forget. <laughs> that is a piece of comedy. I swear. The way he wrote that out was majestic for lack of a better word. Honestly. It's just, it sums it all up in a nutshell. I mean, it, it, and Tucker Carlson has a whole big, you know, opening on it. People are supposed to be overseeing the FBI have ignored egregious examples of corruption. Anyway, you can play the clip if you want. It's there. It's amazing. Incredible. Just incredible. That's it for today. Don't forget, guys, Friday, Dr. McCullough, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Not so crampy anymore, Val. And... <laughs> you can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and... RadioInfluence.com. We will see you back here on Friday. Later. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Oh, yeah. Got a big one today. Now, if you follow the NFL, if you watch the NFL, NFL on Fox, I love their production. I love their games on Fox. I love the halftime shows. I love Kurt Menefee as the host. And of course, the Terry and the Michael Strahan, Jimmy Johnson for years, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Jay Glazier, breaking news, the pregame, the postgame. NFL on Fox is just the best. And Kurt Menefee, the great host, the quarterback of that team, is my guest here on The Rock Stops Here. Two pieces of advice. Do anything and work your ass off doing anything. You know, I, I think so many people look at the end game. And for me, it was never about that. I mean, I told you, I started out thinking I wanted to be a producer. And someone said, put your voice down on tape. Why don't you try this? Uh, I stayed late at night uh, when I interned at CNN, the first gig I ever had in this business, just to learn how to edit. And I would just watch guys. And I taught myself with help from people, but how to edit. And so you just, you know, you do anything. I carried gear when I first started out in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I pulled cable. I wound up getting on air. And by doing that, it's like, have you ever done sidelines? No. I did that for Fox. Have you ever done play-by-play? -play? No. I did that for Fox. One opportunity will lead to another as long as you work hard and show people that you're not only willing to do anything, but when you do it, you're going to succeed at it. You're going to bust your ass at it. And even if you fail, you're going to fail trying. 
because people will put their arms around you. They'll embrace you. They'll say, okay, look, you didn't know how to do this, but I'm going to show you how to do this because you work hard. And I think as long as you put those two together, then the sky's the limit. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.